These days, your calendar is supercharged and you find yourself having to pencil in when you need to breathe. As we're always moving and grooving between our offices, homes, studio, and out, we could all take some moments to spend time and hear from our faves and pop culture on what they're up to and how they keep it together as well. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith, a celeb fashion stylist, co-founder and creative style director of Athleisure Mag, co-executive producer and host of a number of shows in our multimedia podcast network, Athleisure Studio. When you plug into Punglo SK, you'll get to hang out with those that, regardless of their background, are juggling their busy lives and have words of empowerment to keep us motivated throughout our day. On today's episode of Bungalow SK, we caught up with CBS Sports broadcaster Tracy Wolfson, who covers the NFL as well as NCAA games a few months ago, right before the NFL's 100th season kicked off. You can read the entire interview in Athleisure Mag by clicking the show link below. In this excerpt, she talks about her career, how she prepares when she's interviewing athletes, some of her favorite stories that she has covered, and how she takes time for herself when she is not on the road for game day. that you wanted to work in sports? I was about seven, eight years old. I was sitting in my room. I was a little tomboy, and all I wanted to do was watch sports. Uh, My parents had no idea how I came to be interested in it. I had no brothers. My father wasn't really into sports, but I just became obsessed with it. I absolutely loved it. I was so intrigued by every sport out there, and so that's when I decided I was going to do whatever I possibly can to you know, be a reporter and talk sports for the rest of my life. I watched the NBA Inside Stuff, which I'm dating myself. Back then it was Ahmad Rashad and Willow Bay. And I said, you know what? If Willow Bay could do it, I could do it. And that's when I decided that's what I wanted to do. What's your journey to get you to CBS? Like, how did that all happen? Uh, it's a really long journey. I know. <laughs> uh, because, you know, back then there really wasn't a blueprint for it. And there weren't a lot of people you could reach out to and talk to or anyone to give you advice. You know, I knew I wanted to be in sports. So I went to the University of Michigan, uh, not only obviously for the academics, mm-hmm. but because they were surrounded by sports, I figured at least I'll be around it and maybe can meet people and find a way to get into this business that way. Um, I took some communications classes. I did a few internships and met a few people from CBS at the time. And Mm -hmm. they said, okay, when you go back to school, why don't you help us out when we come to do games? You could be a runner. You can get water and coffee. Um, And that's what I did. I I worked a bunch of football games and basketball games. Uh, I did some ice skating shows with them. And I kind of got my foot in the door But I still wanted to be in front of the camera, but I had no experience. And there were no classes at Michigan that I could take in order to do that at the time. So I started out actually as a researcher for CBS. Mm. And they hired me first job out of college. And I would basically, you know, get research for all the other reporters and announcers out there and put together portfolios for them. I was there for about a year and I decided, you know, um, actually, I got the offer to move up to the next level and be, you know, your assistant producer type thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll interview for it, even though I really want to be on the air. But I didn't have a tape. So I got interviewed and the guy's like, I know you know sports and I know you love sports, but not like the guys do. And I'm like, huh? 
that was like my first experience of being a woman in this business. And mm-hmm. so I said, really? And you know what? It was the best kick in the butt I got, though, because I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, he's no longer with CBS, by the way. Um, and I got, I, it was kind of a good kick in the butt. And I, I found a job actually as an agent working and representing broadcasters, seeing a completely wow. different side of the business, mm-hmm. how to put together a tape, how to sound, how your voice should sound, what you should be wearing, uh, what news directors are looking for. I sent a bunch of tapes around for other people. I got one girl by the name of Jenna Wolf, who is now out in this business. And mm-hmm. um, I got her a job maybe going from upstate New York to Philadelphia. She was my age and she was already in the number one market. And I said, oh my God, she's already in Philadelphia. I yeah. haven't even gotten on the air yet. Like, come on, you know, what are we waiting <laughs> for here? And so I left and I then had to still get in front of the camera. I got a job as a producer, uh, producing sports for News 12 Long Island. And every time the reporter would go out and do his reports, he let me do my reports. I made a fake tape. I sent it all across the country, and I got one job in Trenton, New Jersey. And I was uh, never live there. A year and a half, they didn't have any live sports. I just did five minutes of sports, my own sports cast a day, high school and some minor league stuff and college sports. I put together a tape. I sent it, you know, to some agents. I sent it to different people, um, and I got a job. I got a job at MSG Network. I got a job doing Oxygen Sports at the time, and then I was with ESPN for a year doing college football. Mm-hmm. Never. That was my first time ever live was for ESPN College Football, wow. ever doing a live game, which was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know what I was doing. I was like yelling into the microphone. They're like, you don't have to yell. That's why you have a microphone. And so uh, I did whatever I could. I was there for um, one season. And then CBS had an opening for a number two reporter. And because I had been there, Mm -hmm. I think they kind of remembered me. I had a lot of friends. And um, it was between a few of us. And I got the job. And I've been now with CBS for 17 years. Wow. And what are the different, because you do so much on CBS. Um, I love seeing you on the NFL. And I love, obviously, Final Four. I'm from Indiana University. That's my own alumni there. Um, What are the different roles that you have? I do a lot of different things. And it's, you know, it's kind of grown over time. I started at CBS. I covered rodeo. Mm -hmm. I covered auto racing, track and field, tennis, gymnastics, you name it. Anything CBS would have, they'd ask me to cover. Now I specialize a little bit more in just the NFL. I did college football for 10 years uh, covering the SEC. Now it's just the NFL and college basketball and Final Four and March Madness. And then I have a show with a bunch of incredibly talented women on CBS Sports Network called We Need to Talk, where mm. uh, it's former athletes, uh, whether it's Summer Sanders, Summer Sanders, Dara Torres, Swin Cash, Lisa Leslie, Layla Ali, um, Amy Trask, former CEO of of the Raiders, um, and we have she's she was on that Andrea Kramer. Um, you know, there's so many women out there. Didi Kinkabala has joined us now. Mm. Dana Jacobson. Anyway, it's a bunch of women with different perspectives on sports. Yeah. And we don't just talk women's sports. Mm-hmm. You know, more often than not, we're leading with the NFL. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good show, and it's something different than my normal reporting. There's a lot of hosting involved, but also just a talk show, giving our opinions and our viewpoints. And a lot of times, women's viewpoints are different than a man's viewpoint. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I love so much about how you approach it is like your storytelling aspect and just getting everyone into it. How do you prepare you know for doing your NFL stories like how how does that work with you 
Yeah, it really stems from my whole research background. I absolutely love it. And that's what you need to do to find the stories. And so it's kind of like Groundhog Day because, you know, you come home on Sunday or Monday and you unpack that wheelie bag, you repack that wheelie Mm -hmm. bag, and then you get focused on the game at hand. And a lot of times I'll start on the way back from my previous game. So I know I have my two games and I start studying. What can I find that's different? You know, where I start reading all the beat reporters and what they're, because they're there 20 24 hours a day with those yeah. teams and I switch teams every week so I really read everything you can find whether it's on the internet or stuff they send us or teams will send us and then you know make calls and, and dig deeper and then we'll we'll have meetings with each of the teams and their star mm-hmm. players quarterbacks coordinators coaches uh, defensive players and really find out more information and you know you know the X's and O's and you have to know that because your questions are going to come from that Absolutely. and your storylines are going to come from that but you can also weave in different stories um, at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the balance of being a good reporter and having the best broadcast is how do you weave those stories in? And then what can you find from the field? A lot of the stuff you can't prepare for. Mm -hmm. You just, you're the eyes and ears on the field. You're getting what the guys in the booth or the women in the booth cannot get. And so I just run the field over and over again, looking and searching and listening, whether it's an injury or whether it's something the offensive line coach might say, or maybe it's the way a quarterback reacts after throwing an interception. And you try and bring that to light and bring that to the broadcast and make the viewer at home feel like they are right in the game. Mm-hmm. So how do you like take time for yourself, being so all over the place and traveling so much? How do you sit there and manage that and having a family and all of these different things that yeah. have going on? The juggling is really difficult, and I tell anyone that wants to get into this business, understand if you want to be a mother Mm -hmm. and, you know, be, you know, a reporter and be on the road all the time or or just juggling, as everyone knows, working women, it's very difficult. Um, And you really come last yourself and you have to put yourself last. It's really about, to me, my number one job is actually being a mother. Mm -hmm. And I always say that and I'll continue to do this unless it doesn't work for them. And when it doesn't work for them, then I'm out. Mm -hmm. But it does work for them because I'm able to juggle I've had the experience I've been around a long time and figured out what's worked Mm -hmm. you know what is right how do I balance that time and I make sure I set my routines for my kids I get them to bed on time they get good night sleeps and then they can get up in the morning and they can feel refreshed it makes my job much easier and Mm -hmm. then you know they go to off to school and that's when I really focus on my work then when they come back home we go back into that routine and once I get their bedtime routine going and get them into bed and know that they're going to get a good night's sleep then I focus on myself again right do more work and then I I get myself into a really good routine and I mm-hmm. think that's the way of really finding to have time for yourself if you feel good if you're yeah. refreshed if you're energized if you know you're in a good spot good place well then that's okay you know that's where I really need to be because you're being spread so thin Absolutely. you know every day of our lives well how essential is it for you know teens and young people and even people at our age to have good sleep and what type of routines and things do we need to do around that? Yeah, well, I I see it from the top. I see it as a sideline reporter watching athletes. They need to get good sleep. They talk about it all the time Mm -hmm. in order to have peak performance levels out on the field or on the court. And then it starts with me, right? I need to be at my top of my game every single day and every time I'm out there, not only working as a sideline reporter, waking up early, being on the field for seven, eight hours, but then also, you know, being a mother 
mother. I need to be at my peak and I need to be at the top of my game so I'm all refreshed and ready for them. So I try and pass those routines on to them. And I truly believe, you know, sleep, especially going into the school year, is so important to set those routines. And a sleep number, being a partner with them, I've learned and, and I've always been a huge proponent of this is setting up that routine early, getting that consistent schedule down, and then limiting the light, taking away those phones and the Xbox and the PlayStation and get them <laughs> off all of their devices so they have the time to to relax, mm-hmm. get understand that sleep is coming, yeah. bedtime's coming. Be consistent with that. An hour before bedtime, I really have an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 13-year-old. So all my kids are, they're all boys. Right. Oh. They're all very hyper with a lot of energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really important to have them wind down. But those schedules are also different. The right. eight-year-old needs something different than the 13-year-old needs. But the schedule stays the same in the sense of I get them calmed down. I take everything away an hour before. I make sure they get their reading done in bed. Then I come in. I sit with them. Mm-hmm. We go over some things. Maybe I'll read with them. They love that. They look forward to that. Aww. And then you turn the light off. And then I move on to the next kid. I do the same thing with my 10-year-old who really enjoys the same routine and understands, okay, bedtime. And then the 13-year-old teen are difficult they've got a lot of stuff (laughs) they got sports they Mm -hmm. got you know obviously a lot of schoolwork, and they have their after school activities and then they have their friends and they want to be social Mm -hmm. and I have to be able to balance that with him as well and and set a good schedule for him and understand and remind him that sleep is crucial in terms of lowering that stress level making him have the best performance he can in the classroom and then on the field and I talked to him over and over again about it and then I show him that I do it. It's time for my bed, too. I need a schedule also. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I set a good example for them. Wow, I love that. And so as someone who does travel so much, what are like three things that are your must-haves in your carry-on? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I definitely bring sneakers with me. And I don't wear sneakers on the field because mm-hmm. I'm only 5'2". And, you know, everyone I interview is a lot taller than me, so I actually need the height. <laughs> but I bring the sneakers with me because I feel exercise is so important and just gives me a, a chance to you know, just calm down and, and relieve your, you know, all the stress that's that's surrounding you and just kind of have a little alone time, mm-hmm. I think, is really important. I bring uh, definitely a little tinted moisturizer that will maybe cover up a little of, you know, the bags under my right. eyes or <laughs> the imperfections that we all have because, you know, that HD screen is uh, mm-hmm. really shows everything. Yeah. So that's really important. And then, you know, I bring a good book because a book's really important to set that sleep routine up for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to turn my TV off. I want to limit that light. I want to have the same schedule I have at home. I want to have on the road so I can be, you know, ready for my game in the morning. So I bring a book and it might not be a lot. I might not have time to read a lot, but I want to put my work away and just focus on relaxing, spending the last hour chilling out and just having some me time Mm -hmm. and knowing that I'll be refreshed and ready for the morning. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Bungalow SK. Make sure to follow, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow and listen on additional podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Himalaya, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Premium. Bungalow SK is a member of the Multimedia Podcast Network, Athleisure Studio, part of Athleisure Media and Athleisure Mag. You can see our show notes at athleisurestudio.com backslash bungalow hyphen SK and follow us on Instagram at bungalow.sk to find out who we're talking with, as well as what our guests are up to. Bungalow SK is a executive produced by myself and Paul Farkas with sound editing by the Athleisure Studio team. Our music is courtesy of Icon 
Times 8 with Forever T performing Renaissance. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith, and I'll see you next week at Bungalow SK. 